You're listening to the Red Diamond Quarry, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 61 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chachinsky, with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 the birthday boy. Birthday weekend, man. Happy freaking birthday, dude. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a good weekend. That's good, man. That's good. We were... Pretty close to actually recording on Dog's birthday, but then I fell asleep, so (laughs) what are you going to do? It happens. But all the same, uh, still a birthday episode, and we are here, uh, you know, got, uh, you know, confetti and uh, cupcakes and everything here in the courier shop, so... Dog, I hope you are having a great, uh, great time there, man. And uh, I, I'm sure this episode is going to be just as awesome and exciting because we are talking about some pretty cool regions. This is going to be a region guide episode, and we are covering the last of some of the base game zones. And this is why I know Dog will enjoy it because. Cold Harbor is one of the zones, the main, the big one. And uh, that's where you first meet Lyrinth, Dog's freaking favorite. And then we are also going to hit on Ivea and the Earth Forge just to uh, make sure we cover everything and get it over and out of the way before we finish base game. Speaking of, do we hit the starter islands ever, Dog? Like Canarthies and everything? No, I don't think we did. Well, we'll save those for another day. For today, we've got enough with Cold Harbor and the Fighters and Mage's Guild side little zone that you unlock by completing the story of each. So, here we go. Let's get right into episode 61. Of course, we've got news because, you know, we're just taking so long to get episodes out right now. It feels long. It's been like 10 days. I don't know. It feels... Like an eternity, it's even been longer. I don't know, but we're 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 keeping them. We're gonna keep pumping them out. Don't you worry. But there has been plenty of stuff to go on. Clearly, PTS has dropped for Blackwood, and uh, yeah, there was some pretty thick patch notes that came out. Uh, we did go through them. They are definitely very exciting. Uh, some notable small things. Like, uh, you know, user interface things like being able to put uh, outfit styles or the like holiday style pages in your own bank. Like, oh, my gosh. And then um, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool is uh, they're making a part of the base game. One of the like add on concepts, the timer countdown. So that's going to be like part of the base game for all your skills. Whenever you cast skill, it'll show on the skill box how long uh, until it can be recast. So that's something PC players have always had, and it makes your rotation so nice and fluid. And now console players will have it too, and you don't have to have an add-on, you know, to use it. 
So that's always cool too. Now, of course, we will be going over the patch notes in their entirety, but we wait until they have uh, come out officially and they're not so in flux anymore. So we don't have to every single week be like, they changed this. So uh, that is going to be probably not our next episode, but the uh, following one, most likely. Actually, no, no, no. What am I saying? Wow. They came out with that PTS early now that I'm thinking about it. This is like almost two months. Like, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't like it when they come out when it comes out this early. It like, it just feels like it takes forever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely okay. So, we are far off. It must have a lot of testing to go on. So, all right. So, we got plenty of plans then, but uh, keep assured we will do a patch notes episode. Uh, June 8th, the chapter comes out notes will be finalized and that week we'll be doing our patch notes so uh they are there for you guys to check out though uh like we said some cool stuff in there no doubt and if you have a chance to go get on the pts i would definitely say go try it out uh that's pretty much gonna be you know the majority of our news for the week uh dog and i both did hop on there and uh not together but you know we just wanted to check out some things to ourselves uh both of us kind of wanted to see the general size of the zone and stuff not really too spoilery or anything and then uh i wanted to really check the endeavor system and see like how that looks it looks pretty good um honestly it's like for the weeklies it was like you know do like seven finish seven dungeons or you know kill 20 world bosses and then for the dailies it was like craft five blacksmithing items so like realistic stuff and it's all account wide so you could do it on multiple characters and it seems like it's going to be a really great system honestly i think that it's going to really uh give people you know incentive to log in and go do some stuff that isn't just crafting it's and then uh, past that, Dog uh, really wanted to go experience the Oblivion portals, right, Dog? So I'm sure you uh, did. You succeed? Did you find one? Yeah, it took me a little while to uh, find them, and that gave me some time to you know kind of explore the zone. And one thing that I kind of noticed is that it kind of seemed a bit empty, but that could just be because like there's a million people running around PTS or. Or there's like two months left of it. Yeah, yeah. Or there's still like, you know, a month and a half or two months that they still have the time to work on it. So when I did find one, I did go in it. I cleared it out pretty easily. I had my Earth Core and my Wild Hunt ring so I could just run through stuff pretty fast. All the bosses had around 500k health. And like all the bosses, even the final one, which I found a bit strange. And they all have like the same kind of concept of like mechanic, like, you're, it's the boss is just going to gold bar and summon ads and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I definitely never really felt in any danger, but I'm assuming this is probably because they just want to test out different mechanics. So one thing that I noticed is that some of the bosses, especially the final boss, did bug out a lot. And in one of the instances, I uh, tried to go through a door and the door was bugged. So I tried to jump over the door and I fell through the world. That was a... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like some uh, classic PTS fun right there. 
Jeff's like, well, if I can't go through the door, I'll go over the door. And the door's like, no, you're going to go under the door. The door's like, slam! <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so I definitely like the kind of concept of it, and like, 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 uh, kind of like what I, uh, it definitely feels like like a public dungeon. Yeah, so hopefully that they're just like trying to get some tests done on like the different bosses and stuff. I know like the last boss definitely had some uh, bugs, and it would just like kind of sit there and be like, "Hi, I'm shielded and I'm gold barred," and then I went to go try to run in lava and I ran through the lava. I'm hoping that uh you know the next couple PTS stuff like we'll see like a more fill fuller picture of what they're gonna look like it'll definitely be interesting what the final oblivion portal uh you know mechanic will be so yeah yeah so definitely uh lots of interest in those portals i think they probably do still have a uh, long way to go maybe they you know aren't showing all their cards up front that would definitely make sense but, I mean, when you put them in comparison with, like, dolmens, it's like they're, or would you say they're more on that level than maybe, like, a dragon or a harrow storm? I would definitely say that they're, like, in between the uh, dolmens, because dolmens are just really easy, and the dragons are not. I would say they're, they're in between, like, dolmens and the geysers. Oh, okay. That's probably a fair, fair way to put it. I mean, honestly, in the last, you know, we had the dragons and we had the airstorms. They were both really, really hard. You know, like you need a significant amount of players there to make it happen. They take a long, long time. If it's not ends up being something like that, crazy hard like that, I don't think I'll be super mad, you know, like. If it's public dungeon status, but you need like maybe a handful of people or something, I don't know. Something like that may be better suited for what they're going for as far as, you know, getting people to keep playing it over a like 20 million health dragon. Yeah, especially in the long run. There's not enough people fighting those dragons nowadays. Well, I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll keep working on them, but maybe you could uh, continue to keep us updated. Maybe see if they uh, keep getting harder as as we go along, or what happens. But other than that, speaking of things that are hard and complicated, we did do some hard mode content on PC, pushing a really hard hard mode for the first time. And uh, our group is still pretty ragtag over there. So me and Dog are both over 810 at least now, the old cap. Um, I believe he's like 840, 870. I don't know. And I'm right around 900. And then we had uh, Han Solo Chick and Gramaton Dryad, of course. Our two trusty companions come with us. Now, on the PC, Solo is still only, like, just over 300 champion points. And Gramaton, I think, just over 600 champion points. So, it was a bit more of a daunting task to go in there, but 
Uh, the first day, we got a no death and speed run at the same freaking time. And that was awesome. And then uh, we ended up having to go back in there to get the hard mode. And yeah, it worked out pretty darn good. We're in there for dog's birthday just yesterday. So I don't even think we spent too long in there, maybe like an hour or so. Yeah, so it was definitely a bit of a challenge, but we we took care of it, and it was uh, it was fun. Definitely nice to have that Black Mirror Necromancer skin, best in the game. Me and Dogs both favorite. Yep. Now I just gotta do some more stuff, and I'll be set on you know appearance wise. Appearance wise. All right, so. That's going to wrap up our news for the week. Lots of stuff going on uh, as far as our game time. You know, uh, we could even keep going deeper with uh, some of the ridiculousness that was scale caller. But we'll save it. We'll save it for another time because we still got plenty of awesome stuff to talk about. So let's get through some serial scores. Let's see who is leading, who is reigning over that beautiful center of Tamriel. So, been a while, and uh, Cyrodiil is very different right now because there's no proc set still, but hey, we're going to keep an eye on things all the same. So, for Greyhost PCNA, we've got DC in the lead, 17.8k, EP behind him with 15.7, and AD in last with 15.6k. So, all very close there, and keep in mind, these uh, scores are maybe slightly older than recorded, uh, and varied just a bit, so we, uh, you know, have a very influx schedule, but anyways, on the EU side of things, for PC, We've got 80 in the lead with 23k, so from worst to first, very nice. DC in second with 15.6k, and EP in last with 11.2k. So, not entirely a breakaway for the lead there, but definitely um, a significant amount for sure. So, Dogged, what about the Xbox side of things? For Xbox NA, there's uh, 15 days left. And first, we have the Dagger of Our Covenant with 47.9k, EP in second with 44.2k, and AD in last with 39k. So Daggerfall has a pretty solid lead in front right there. And then for Xbox EU, we have a DC in first with 57.4k, we have a AD in second with 37.6k, and an EP shortly behind them with 36.7k. So DC also has a very strong lead in Xbox EU. All right. All right. And on PlayStation, on the PS4 and PS5 side of things, we actually only have NA scores for you because I went to get some EU scores and many, many updates needed to happen on my PlayStation. So it's still going as we speak. I did check. But anyways... 
So we have NA scores for you and DC is in the lead over there as well. 26K. Evan Hart Pact is behind him in second with 25K and I'll marry Dominion in last, unfortunately for them, with 22K. 22.3. We'll, we'll round up. And that is going to wrap it up for our scores this week. All kinds of crazy stuff going on in there. And if you haven't tried no uh, normal set Cyrodiil, I would definitely say go in there and give it a try. So without further ado, let's get into the meat of our episode. As we said, we have a few zones to go over with you guys this week but the big one and the one we'll hit first is good old cold harbor dog why why don't you tell the people about the one and only realm of molag ball all right well you can get access to the zone by either traveling to someone in the zone or if you're to do like you know legitly you uh have to go there through the main story with the prophet then you get access to the upper parts the same way. But the easiest way to get like all the sky shards and stuff is to, you know, actually doing the zone story. So which is doing like the base game story. So yeah, there's that. And then uh, one of the uh, unique things about this is like the more you do in the zone equals, you know, the more allies you get later on for the story. So doing everything in that zone actually helps you. So, All right, this zone has seven striking locales, one public dungeon, and then 16 sky shards to collect. This zone also has two crafted sets. The first one is Oblivion's Foe. And you probably heard of this crafted set because this one gets like changed like every other patch, it seems like, because a set was just really bad before and now it's something better it's not you know meta but it's still it's it's a better set so it's a second piece bonus it gives you weapon and spell damage the third piece will give you offensive penetration fourth pieces will give you weapon crit and then fifth item is uh, weapon and spell damage and it uh says that when you deal damage to soul magic you mark the soul's target dealing 12,820 magic damage over 10 seconds as long as they are not already marked from you. And then you would pair this up by using like the Soul Trap ability, or it's Morph, whatever one you go for. The Unmorphed version actually does more damage, if I remember correctly. So there's that. And I'm actually thinking about putting this set on my Stamploid because it doesn't have a uh, Trial Gear yet, and this is definitely going to help me with DPS because it's like, literally 1.2k extra dps for myself and i don't have gear because i'm like i'll never play stand classes i don't need stand gear and now i'm trying to deck up stand classes and it's a bit problematic and the second crafted set is going to be specter's eye where it gives you armor max magic and max health on the way to the five piece which reads, when you cast a magic ability while in combat, you gain major evasion for 30 seconds, reducing damage from area attacks by 20%. This effect can occur once every 30 seconds, so you can have 100% uptime on that. You know that we like that. 
Definitely sounds like an interesting set. Yeah, definitely. All right, this one also has three normal sets, and the first one is Prisoner's Rags, which is the light armor set. And this one will give you max stamina, stam recovery, and another thing is stam recovery for the two, three, and four pieces. And then its fifth piece, Passive Reads, uh, reduces the cost of sprint by 50%, while sprinting restore 943 magicka every one second. So this one isn't really the greatest set, so... Definitely not something I would do unless if you're trying to go for like a sneaky mage type deal. But then again, you're sprinting. So like, I don't know. Probably like the only thing that I would say that this might be useful for is like if you're on a mag blade and you're going through like Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Kill Dailies and you just want to run through it so you can cloak more. So, But that's about it. And for the medium set, we've got Stygian, where, uh, interestingly enough, going to start out with spell damage. Then we've got the max stam and a max magicka on the way to the five piece that reads, when you leave sneak or invisibility, so happens often for Nightblades, your spell damage is increased by 369 for 15 seconds. Definitely an interesting combo, clearly geared towards more of a hybrid kind of concept, but definitely something you can make work if, you know, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. And then the last set is the heavy armor set, and this is Meridius Blessed Armor. This one will give you armor, stand recovery, and more armor on the two, three, and four pieces. Then its fifth piece passive is a... when you block an attack, you gain Meridius Blessed Armor for 5 seconds, causing you to dodge all incoming attacks, and this effect can occur once every 25 seconds. Alright, so, with all the sets up out of the way, good old Cold Harbor, and, uh, like we said, there are definitely some interesting sets going on. Honestly, I feel like the Crafted ones are some of the more interesting ones but anyways they're all you know still base game ones but there are there at your disposal now as far as questing goes in cold harbor clearly uh the reason you're there is the soul burst main story is the soul burst main story and uh Definitely plenty to do as far as that, but the zone does also have its own stuff going on, and it's got 11 zone uh, quests as far as its own little zone story, 29 quests total for the adventure achievement if you're a quest hound like we are, and it's pretty easy to get, honestly, especially if you do all the side ones uh, before the main story ones there's all kinds of just random npcs out there looking for help no doubt so cold harbor is a pretty easy one to get done as far as questing goes and some definitely interesting stuff i remember one quest that i think pertains to the main story but you have to help either a wood elf clan that has been tricked by Molag ball to like become freed and kill the lamia or not i don't know that's a very base level explanation of it, but it's good. It's good. 
Have you ever helped Lamia? No. I have never. I I haven't either. It's like, yeah. They're like, how many widows have you not, have you been able to, you know, how many widows have been trying to kill you? I'm like, I don't know. Quite a few, actually. But you know what? I can't remember of any Lamia that's tried to help me before. So I think the widows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the same boat on that one. And then, as far as skill traders go, there's four at the Hollow City, one at the Court of Contemplate Shrine, and one at the Hajj Yuxithway Shrine. And then the last important thing to note is that this is the location of the luxury vendor, who's currently on strike from his building and selling his own wares on the street. You know, because they moved him out of there. So. Why would they just move him? He didn't deserve it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because like I was still running in there sometimes, and there will also be people still in there, and it's like, oh, well, he's not here, he's out there, so we kind of do like the walk of shame. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I just wanted to go in Cicero's. Okay, that's where he's going. Yeah, I just want to see good old Cicero. He's my best friend. <laughs> All right, so that is going to about cover it for that big old Cold Harbor area. And before we get into these last little two, and they're not too bad, don't worry, but we do want to remind you all, as always, we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where you can find all kinds of awesome shows um, on topics similar to ours or the same as ours or totally not even close to ours. So go check out robotsradio.net and make sure to check out our show notes. Find all the great deals from uh, our network sponsors that you could get up on and that give uh, you know kick back to us too. So once again, robotsradio.net, go check it out. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right, all right, all right, dog. So we got a couple more little zones here. Let's knock them out nice and quick. Starting with the one and only Ivea. So, dog, what is Ivea? All right, so Ivea is originally an island in the Somerset Archipelago. Ivea disappeared from Tamriel thousands of years ago, Steered away by Shield Gorath into his realm of the Shivering Isles. And that's what the load screen says, so it must be true. Load screens don't lie, right? <laughs> uh, that's debatable. I'm just kidding. Especially the unusually long load time. Hmm. As we were saying earlier, this one is locked until the end of the Mage's Guild. The story will drive you there, so it's not something you're going to miss or anything. But if you want to be able to travel there freely, you will need to finish the Mage's Guild uh, quest line. 
And while there may not be a traditional way shrine there, I mean, there is, and you can go unlock it. But when you leave and try to travel back, you're not going to see it. So it's uh, it could be a little frustrating in that sense, but any mage's guild has a portal to it once you unlock it, and you could just run over there and transport real quick if that's where you want to go. Yeah, and I think it's only base game uh, mage's guild too. So. I don't think the newer ones to it has the portal, but I haven't made I haven't actually checked on it, so Antiquities. So this zone has a green, blue, and purple for the for that zone. Then it also has a piece for the thrashing strangler, but you get the lead from Sigic Portals in Somerset or Iteum, and then you have to go to Ivea. So if you want the thrashing stranglers, which is pretty much been nerfed pretty hard now um yeah you, you, there's a that option too or even if you just want to you know be a completionist and get all three of the uh different like little wordings you know there's that too this zone also has two crafted sets the first one is eyes of mara this will give you magic recovery max magica spell damage uh its fifth item reads uh Reduces the cost of your Restoration Staff abilities by 15%. Now, as a healer, your Restless Staff abilities are not the stuff you want that much cost reduction of. Seducers is much better. Seducer is much better for you because it's 8% of all abilities. But as a healer, your uh, like high cost abilities are either like Purge, which is not Resto. It's uh, like Destro Staff. It is Wall of Elements, which is, you know, Destro Staff. Or it's like some kind of AoE, which is typically your uh, class ability. So definitely not a really good set for uh, healers. So, All right. And the other crafted set, Shalador's Curse. Going to give you max health two times and a 4% healing taken as well. So this is the one definitely interesting for tanks. Now the five piece reads, well, you are under 50% health, dealing damage with the light or heavy attack, so you have options, heals you for about 2,300 health. This effect can occur every one second, which is absolutely insane and unnecessary. But on top of that, like, man, it's definitely an interesting one. You could. You can see why. And then the uh, last thing for Ivia is a little quote that I found when I was uh, traveling in there, checking out the area. And that comes from Nita, who she's kind of like in uh, whenever you take the portal, she's like right in front of you. And one of the many lines that she says is like, is a, uh, now I know some of you are wondering why I banned necromancy, why I banned necromancy in my classroom. Trust me, the smell alone is worth steering clear. So, yeah. I guess, you know, necromancy is smells bad, so I guess, you know, Bob smells is true. Nita proves it true, so there you go. <laughs> Oof, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. I mean, she's a dumber. She knows what's right, I think. <laughs> You think. 
So does that wrap it up for Ivea? Yep. All right. Well, as promised, we do have one more for you guys. You may have been there. You may have not been. The Earthforge, which is going to be similar in concept slightly to the last one. And, uh, Dog, what is the Earthforge? All right. The Earthforge. The dwarves tap the heat of a. The dwarves tap the heat at the heart of Nern for many purposes. They use steam to warm their subterran, subterranean cities and to motivate their devices. To force their superb battles, they needed such intense heat that it could only come from molten lava. That also just came directly off their load screen because I was like, man, what is the Earth Forge? And turns out the load screen tells you. So. And this is the place where you forge a hefty weapon to defeat Daedra. I'm pretty sure I used this weapon to actually, for the Fighters Guild, even though it actually made me weaker. But I was like, hey, I'm going to use this for a little bit, even though it's complete garbage. But, you know, I did what I had to do. And then I probably got rid of it, so... All right, and as similar to the last one, this one is going to be locked until the end of the Fighters Guild. If you want to travel there freely, of course, the story of the guild will drive you in this direction. You will get there if you go through the quest line, uh, but you do unlock it to travel freely at any time, which is pretty freaking cool. Yep, and the only access for this one is the portal in either the Evermore raw call or rift in fighters guilds so it's that uh i think third uh, so a little more exclusive yep and the way shrine there's a it's similar to as a way shrine but it doesn't work right yeah like you can like travel out of it but you can't travel in there fair enough fair enough and uh so what else have we got going on for this uh well, there's also one antiquity. It's the uh, Curious Dwemer Rebel. It's a pile that can be found in Pressure Room 3. And this is just north of the Organum Scales clothing station. And then you can loot it to retrieve the antiquity lead for a Dwarven Breastguard, which is part of the Ebon Dwarven Mount. And yes, Bob, I picked up this lead, but I didn't do it because it can sit in my book and think about all the trouble it cost me. So I had to go back into that zone. So I, you know, twice. I had to go in that zone twice for that stupid lead. So. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, it's going to sit there for like 28 days. I'm like, oh, I better do this before I have to go back there for a third time. You know you want the, the Dwarven Wolf, man. I really don't. It, I, uh, I'll, I'll complete it one day, you know. Yeah, Maybe spoiler alert, dog now. hates it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, uh, let's get into these crafted sets here. Uh, last thing we have. The first one I know Dog loves using in PvP. Well, yeah. Uh, this is Kagranic's Hope. This is Maxim Magica, Mag Recovery, Max Health. And then its fifth piece passive adds 222 spell damage. And then 
This decreases the time it takes to resurrect an ally by 25%. When you successfully resurrect an ally, you restore 1,700 Magicka. And that, that second part alone is super helpful. This is something that I used to run in serial, especially if I, if I was in a large group. Um, since large groups really aren't a thing anymore, I uh, don't really use it that much. So that kind of sucks. Um, I also used this to cheese che through the broken Fanglair hard mode when that was a thing. Because the Tail Whip Conal AoE safe areas were always wrong. And you would be standing in the clear, and then you get tail whipped, and then something would be come up and just kill you because, you know, stuff was broken. But that was able to get us to, you know, I was able to get those quick revives and get us back on track. Now with the uh, new CP that I have, Kags is kind of useless because I have CP that just, you know, it does that, but better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, one thing that I kind of wonder is how quick you can get a revive with this set if you are a Templar in CP, in a CP Cyrodiil or CP Imperial City. In Cyrodiil currently, I uh, I toss out like two to four second revives depending on like the lag, which is just insane. Because, you know, the Templar gets the 20% bonus, CP gives you the 33%, and then the... Uh, PvP area gives you a 30% reduction. And you then, raise an army before they know it. <laughs> yeah, this set would give you an extra 25%. And that's a 108% decreased uh, time. So would that oh mean God. like... <laughs> you just like look at them and they just automatically get up? Or how would that work? That's so crazy. <laughs> that would be awesome. I just go up to someone and I press it and they're already up. <laughs> Who needs a necro ulti, right? Yeah, they don't have to press A, it just gets them up. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the heck? And for our second and last crafted set, it's one I actually used to run in PvP. Organum scales. So you've got health recovery and then two max healths on the way to the five piece, which reads, Well, you are under 60% health, your health recovery is increased by 800 and your physical and spell resistance is increased by 6,400. And this is what you are under 60%. So that's pretty high. It's not 50, it's not 25, it's freaking 60. So, yeah, the threshold is low to proc it, and the freaking incentives are high. 800 health recovery is extremely significant, and 6,000 resistances, even for most characters, should put you up towards cap. Uh, depending what you already have going so still honestly i think a try hard or not try hard but truly tried and uh for me still very trusted set that'll definitely help you stay alive especially in pvp you just get become tanky with that that's gonna wrap it up so dog why don't you walk us out man if the people want to come talk about all these awesome regions where can they find us all right, we can find us on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook at the Red Diamond Courier. And you can find us on our ESO or Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord on robotsradio.net. And as always, hit up our show notes to find awesome links to things like ESO-hub.com, where you can find all the, the info you need on sets and pledges and 
events, all that kind of cool stuff. Our sponsors from the network that will allow you to get deals on cool stuff while giving us a kickback. Our music producer, all kinds of cool stuff. Merch store, go check it out. And if you leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you're listening to through, and it's a five-star review, we'll gladly shout it out on the cast and read your words out. As a matter of fact, Dogged, did you know that we recently got a new review? I did not know. So, this review is from uh, Kahi0811. I think that's how you would say that. And it's a five-star review from uh, April 14th, so pretty recently. Thank you so much for your review. It says, back in the groove, five-star. Glad you're doing well, fellas. I love your cast and can't wait for all the episodes to come. Anyone reading, listen to these guys. They're super cool. And, uh, yeah, it totally brings a smile to my face as I'm reading this. I look like a goofball. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we, you know, like to think that we're cool guys, but to be validated, you know, it's nice. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it definitely feeds the ego, right? Yes, because that's exactly <laughs> what a dog needs is freaking more inflated head. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much for going out there, spending your time, leaving that review. It really does make a difference. Uh, it gets in- us into the algorithms. And also just, you know, when people are like, ah, oh, there's like 50 podcasts I might want to listen to. Let me look at this one. Oh, there's people who talk about it. It must be pretty real. So. Thank you, guys. That really means a lot. Thank you, Kahi. Uh, Kahi, I don't know. I'm going to not try and say the name eight different ways because probably none of them will be right. But anyways, let's wrap it up. Dog, where can people find you? All right, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOBC, all of DogBark24. So, yeah. And for me, it's Bob Chichinsky everywhere you go. Xbox, Twitch, Twitter, PC, whatever. Uh, if you're going to look on most places, Bob underscore Chichinsky, Xbox, just plain old Bob space Chichinsky. And that is going to do it for us. Hope you guys have had a great week and enjoyed our episode. Go uh, hit up the luxury vendor and explore on Cold Harbor. Get some antiquities in uh, Ivea and craft some organums in uh, the Until next week, we will see you guys soon. We hope you have a great freaking week. Yep, see you. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War.
25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.